0: Grow Great is a city government leadership podcast with Lisa Norris and me, Randy Cantrell. Each week, we share insights, experiences, and wisdom to help you and your leadership grow great. Our website is growgreat.com. We're joined today by Deputy City Manager for Grand Prairie, Texas, Cheryl DeLeon. We're glad to have Cheryl join us today to talk about mentorship. Joining us, we've already told you who she is, um, from the city of Grand Prairie, Cheryl is uh, are you an assistant or a deputy?
1: Deputy city manager.
0: Okay, explain to me cuz I'm the idiot in the room. Some <laughs> cities like deputy and other cities like assistant. Is there And
1: some cities like ours have have both. So to, oh, really? it depends on the city, right? So we have actually one assistant city manager and two deputy city managers. So it just depends on the city and the structure. So that's just how our city is structured. So I'm the I don't
0: don't know that I've run across a city that had both. Yes, we have both.
1: Yes.
2: Sometimes the larger the larger cities Mm -hmm. may have multiple levels. And in this case, which is a little different than police, right? Because I had Mm -hmm. to learn that the deputy city manager is higher typically than an assistant city manager.
0: Okay. Which is our case. Well, hierarchy doesn't necessarily matter, but experience does, and so that's the topic that we really want to address today. And the the topic is mentorship. Mm-hmm. Um, we did have lunch today, the three of us, and we did get into this deep discussion of the differences between mentorship and coaching and whatnot. We may or may not get into that in this episode. We'll just see where the conversation goes. But I'll turn the mic over to Lisa and kind of let you get get the ball rolling here, Lisa.
2: Well, I know I appreciate it from um, mentorship. This is a something we're both, Cheryl and I are both passionate about, as is Steve, our city manager. And we wanted to really implement it here as part of our leadership program and as we're training leaders. And we were trying to figure out how to do that. So we'll talk a little bit later about a program. But I know personally, Cheryl is huge on mentorship mm-hmm. and not only mentors me, but I know has mentored so many probably throughout her career and in our organization at the city. So uh, I actually want to turn it over to Cheryl, and and you're our second host now that we've had a guest host. And so uh, we want you to tell us and our listeners a little bit about you and, you know, just a quick uh, summary of your leadership career, how you got to where you are now so they know your story. And then we'll really dive into mentorship and what it means to you, what we're doing with it at the city. And if we have time, like Randy said, we'll explore the difference between mentorship and coaching, which we talked about today, right? Because I said, I think they're equal. And y'all said, no, they are not. (laughs) (laughs) So we, you know, old dogs can learn new things. And so uh, I think that would benefit our audience as well.
1: Great. Well, thank you so much for inviting me. So excited to be here. Uh, My name is Cheryl DeLeon, and I have finally hit... Uh, my 20 years in this profession. So, um, and so, some people that may sound like a long time and other people, that's just, I'm still a baby. So, um, (laughs) but uh, you know, I love this space. I love my job. I love what I do. I love the city of Grand Prairie. Um, And this is, you know, this, this particular level that I'm at right now. And and, in my, my experience in local government is I love giving back. This is a job that allows me to give back to the community. So that's, that's, That's kind of where my heart is. And that's actually why I got into this space. So I'll just go into my background. So how did I get to where I'm at right now? Um, I started actually when, you know, I I did my undergrad. I went to UTSA, University of Texas at San Antonio. Most people probably never heard of it, but it was probably, (laughs) in my mind, and it still is, is the best education that you could get. Um, the, The professors there were wonderful because they were all, you know, in my mind, they had worked in in real world. And so I got to have a lot of real world experiences. So love my time there. And my very first job was if people live in San Antonio was with H-E-B grocery. I spent five years in the grocery industry. And I think I learned some of my most valuable management skills there, because what they start you off with is I, I started in a management training program and I worked um, in each department within H-E-B. And what that taught me, a very valuable lesson, is make sure you understand people's work. So from HEB, and I loved the company, but man, did you, it was a lot of hours. It was a lot of hours. I uh, loved it, learned a lot, but then I had an opportunity I couldn't turn down because I got offered to work in a consulting firm, a place called Deloitte Consulting. And it was actually initially um, consulting on grocery, which you know, I've only been in grocery for five years. So it was really cool to, to um, do that, but also got into a whole bunch of other things, process re-engineering, uh, implementations. And what I learned in consulting is probably what I feel is probably 15 or 20 years worth of experience in five. Love that job too. I actually had to move to Atlanta, move by myself, move to a different city where I didn't know anybody, but it was 100% travel. So I actually only saw Atlanta about two days, two days a week. (laughs) And I said, you know, after five years of that, I said, you know what, I'm, I'm ready to start a different career. And my favorite client, and this is how I got to city government. My favorite client was actually a municipal client. And one of the things I loved about them was their work ethic. They would, they really cared about their citizens. They cared about the residents. They cared about their customers. And those folks would work harder than anybody else. I said, gosh, this is a really great space. And this is something that I wanna do. So um, I decided to get out of that arena and I applied for the city of San Antonio. I worked there for a year. Um, I was able and blessed to get the uh, job with the city of Round Rock. I worked there for 12 years, worked my way up from the budget office all the way to a finance director. Then I was kind of at that point in my career to say, you know, I'm ready to go do something else. And unfortunately, I, you know, sometimes you have to move, move away to move up. So I was fortunate enough to get uh, my very first deputy city manager job um, with the town of Addison. I was there for four years. Tremendous experience. And then um, I was had an opportunity. One person I've always wanted to work with in this space is Tom Hart. He is so well known in our industry. And I, I had he he called me and he gave me an opportunity to work for him. I was a uh, parks director here for a year and then after uh, after that I became deputy city manager and I've now been here almost 3 years. So love 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 the culture here, love everything, I love this space. So that's a little bit about me.
0: Along the way impact, you can use names, you don't have to use names, doesn't matter, but on the subject of mentorship, let's hear let's hear your big your biggest story or one of your biggest stories Personally, in that.
1: Well, you know, I, I'm gonna. I have several stories, but the one I'm going to use is is really how I kind of, I guess, it kind of excelled my career within city management, and it had to do with my my boss in Round Rock, and um, she came to me and said, Cheryl, I, you know, um, I really think that this is a space that you belong, and I want you to excel in that. And so she really started working with me, and and I was a little surprised because when she came to me to say that. I I really wasn't the most experienced person. I was in the finance department. I was in the budget office, but I wasn't the person who had the CPA degrees and all that. I had an MBA, but I was not that technical person. And she's like, no, this is a space where you belong. You care about it. And I want you to excel. And so she really worked with me. and, And because she started working with me, I was able to become assistant finance director and eventually the finance director for that department. And had she not come to me and 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 invited me to seek her help and, and run things off of her, I probably wouldn't be where I'm at today. So having her as my mentor, having her um, be that resource was fantastic. And so she helped guide me to figure out where I needed to go to be better within that organization.
0: And how did you feel when she approached you? Oh, my gosh.
1: Oh, my gosh. I was just... First of all, I was just really surprised, and then I w- and I really, to be honest, I hadn't really thought. I didn't really know what I wanted to do, and I hadn't really thought about being in this space for a career.
0: So, so you really, really didn't. Honest- what, you didn't really see what she saw necessarily at the no, time.
1: No, not at all. I really didn't, and I'm. We still we still talk today. She is still a mentor to me. Um, she actually she followed me up here because. Uh, um, Uh, She actually lives up here now and we get to see each other and talk. And um, she's still she will always be my my probably my best mentor. And she has also become a true friend. She is. We're going to grow old together. So (laughs) for
2: for those listening, Cheryl, uh, hopefully all of our listeners have experienced a mentor that they could name uh, in their life or in their career. But what is mentorship and what did it look like for you at that time as you were being a mentee? Right? You, you were the learner at that time. What does that look like from a mentorship standpoint?
1: Well, you know, being the mentee, what, what that does is it gave me an opportunity to kind of, um, if I had issues or if I had concerns, it was an avenue to bounce ideas off of. And it was a way for somebody to provide me guidance. And I think, you know, when you're making that transition from being a technical person to a leader, I think that's one of the best tools that you can have is have somebody help you guide because there is in my mind there is a transition from doing the work to managing how others do the work and I, I think that that is what she was able to give me by being that mentor is helping me see that difference and guide that and and you know dealing with people is so different than dealing with day-to-day work. And she really helped me understand the difference.
2: And, and as part of that, as a mentee, what in your mind do you feel made you, I would call it a good mentee, like what makes you a successful mentee? If somebody hasn't experienced that and wants to be aware of to, that allowed you that successful relationship and that lifelong relationship.
1: Well, I think you have to, um, you know, it's what I'm going to call and I'm going to steal Randy's phrase. This is Randy's phrase It's called willingness. And you have to have a willingness that you want to allow people or allow yourself to kind of in a way, almost be vulnerable because when you are listening to other people, when you're getting advice, you're also showing a little bit of vulnerability say, I need some help and, or I need guidance. Um, so I think it's, it's being willing to listen also to, um, I'm for those folks who don't know me, I'm very much of a, I'm a taskmaster and I'm going to tell you, you know, I pretty much know how things need to get done, but my way to do it is always not the best way. And, and one of the things she was able to teach me is that I'll allow other people to do things differently because she also taught me, Cheryl, there's different ways to look at things. And I think that's one of the biggest things that that helped me as, as being a mentee is, is really looking at things, but you have to be willing to do that. And that is the key thing about being a mentee, be willing to really examine and look and hear listening is such a key thing that, that you really need to have when you're a mentee as well.
0: Our last episode, we talked about trust Mm -hmm. and I want to bring it up in this context because she approaches you and she basically tells you she wants to make this investment in you, but talk about whatever behaviors, what had she done prior to that? Cause you accepted the offer Mm -hmm. had you not trusted her. I'm going to assume you probably would not have accepted the offer. You would have been at least reluctant. So what in, what did she do as a leader for you that made you trust her? So when she did approach you, you were all in.
1: Well, I think, you know, the biggest thing is, is that she's, I'm going to use the word support. She provided all the, you know, I think providing somebody the tools, resources, and also the support that I needed to be successful. I mean, um, when I first came in, I took over from somebody who was very popular and everybody loved. And this was the budget manager, so I had, you know, in my mind, I had a little bit of uphill battle. So she helped me understand how do I navigate this to where I can I can be successful in this space. But you know, she she to me, it was the support. And she provided that environment. And there are certain leaders who provide you that environment where you just know that you, you can be honest with them. Trust. Like you said, Randy, if you don't trust them and how do they show trust, they show trust by their actions. They show trust in the sense that, um, you know, she let me present materials that maybe in, in the past, the other person had not done that. But by showing that trust, by, by showing that, um, that, that value she had in me, that is what, that was the key message to me.
0: Yeah. It's funny how, when people express confidence in us, our confidence goes up. Absolutely. It's funny how that works. Mm-hmm. Lisa.
2: Yeah. I, I think, I think you hit the nail on the head. Cause my, my question around that was going to be, we talked about the mentee benefit, right. And what you needed. And then we talked about the mentors. Um, I think mentorship people should be careful in who they choose as mentors to or who they allow to mentor them because there can also be poor choices. They have to evidence. Like you said, they need to see what they evidence, what they demonstrate and make sure that fits the culture and their values and things like that. I think that's equally as important. Mm -hmm. And Randy, you, I mean, you've been a CEO. We've talked about that a long time. I'm sure it's impacted you from a mentorship standpoint over your career as well. What are your insights yeah, on that you know, from both perspectives?
0: Well, I was I was the I was the odd duck um you know, unlike Cheryl's example, which which is a great example and I love it, and I have been more that way as a trying to be a mentor a little bit reluctant because most of mine has been really non, you know, in your case it, it was a boss. In our lunch today, we were talking about this It is enormously powerful if you're watching and listening and if your boss, if you have a trust relationship and you've got such a a solid relationship, if your boss can be your mentor, you have hit the lottery, in my opinion, uh, Mm -hmm. because there's just so many insights to be gained and so much of a tact of a tactical advantage for you that you just aren't going to get. Uh, if it's, if it's somebody else, for me, I was always, I always gravitated and I'm not being sexist about this. I gravitated to old men because I initially started to work in the retail game and I was working for old men and I sought out the old men. And I did it primarily because I'm just lazy. I mean, I did it, I did it because (laughs) I didn't, I didn't want to learn it the hard way, you know, I'm like, I mean, if they know where the pitfalls are, then Hello, Bill, sign me up. You know, I don't want to, I don't want to go through whatever they went through. I might as well learn from them. So I was just driven to compress my own learning curve. Uh, And I was just thirsty, thirsty, thirsty to learn. So, well, they say the
2: phrase older and wiser, right? You've got wisdom there that can transfer. And we always talk about not, uh, not recreating the wheel. So mm-hmm. let's learn from somebody who's been through it and can co- help us not have to do that same, not have to go yeah. through that same experience. Right. So I well, think that's I was wise. Just,
0: yeah. And I was fortunate. I just wasn't wired. I just wasn't wired to be the young whippersnapper that had all the answers. I knew I did not. And I just, I didn't have enough pride or ego, I guess, to really get in my way it was probably a blessing you know at the time it didn't necessarily feel that way but it it probably was so for me for me that was it okay cheryl but now that you've got now that you're where you are Mm -hmm. you now know the value that your boss got (laughs) from fostering that relationship and from initiating because this isn't a one-way street this isn't just the person who's being mentored gaining value because those of us well all three of us know the value I mean, there's, it's, there's priceless intrinsic value in realizing that I'm able to help this person and I can pass this stuff on. Talk That's about right.
1: that. Well, you know, um, one of the, the nicest things that I recently, I received a note. And matter of fact, I'm in my office and I have a note that is that somebody gave me that left the city and, um, It says, thank you for being, I'm going to read it. It says, thank you for being such a positive inspiration to me. It has been a privilege working with you and getting to know you. I hope I can still call you when I need advice in the future. I can't tell you those words say everything. Mm -hmm. That means the world to me. And sometimes you don't realize the impact that you have on people and you do. So sometimes, you know, we, we kind of, in our lunch day, we talked about there's the formal mentorship and then there's the informal me- mentorship. And um, you know, my goal has always been, I've always tell people at some point, if I hire you to be my boss and man, I've done a great job. Right. Um, and that's what I, I think that being being a mentor is always about giving back, paying it forward, whatever word you want to use, whatever term you want to use, that's what it's about. But my God, That message to me, and I, and is just so rewarding because I made it, it was rewarding to me that I made an impact on somebody. I don't know. I'm not even sure what I did exactly. Um, And this is a person that, that didn't necessarily report directly to me. Right. So this is like two or three steps down, but, but somehow I made that impact. And so I'm glad that I'm glad to know that something that I've done is the little things that you, that you do make an impact on people. And so, so for me, it's being the, being the mentor is about, it's about teaching. It's about listening because yeah. you got to listen to that other person, but it's also about teaching about the experiences you had because sometimes, sometimes I wish I would have gone to a mentor <laughs> a couple of times and I didn't, and I could have probably saved myself <laughs> a little bit of anguish. And if you can impart that wisdom on somebody, I always think that's, that's priceless.
2: I think that's a good that's a good opportunity um, because that as we were talking about through our lunch today, we've talked about the difference because I've had the and and the listeners know I've had the relationship with Randy as a coach. We are talking about mentorship here and that what that relationship looks like. And I laughed about it as we introduced the topic. But early on, I said until lunch today. I thought they were the same thing. I said, what do you guys think? I think they're the same thing. And you, you made a clear distinction. So if we can, let's talk about that for a minute. And then we'll talk about mentorship formally, what we're doing here that you have led the charge on. But um, in that relationship, how, I know what I see as coaching and what I've experienced, but explain how you've personally experienced coaching too. So you've not only had mentorship in your life, You've had coaching in your life. Can you tell us a little bit about that and the difference in your mind?
1: Yeah, and um, you know, my coaching experience was was by far the best experience I've ever had. Um, um, and you know, in my mind, the difference between coaching and mentoring is, and Randy probably has a better better uh, better words for this. But when when you are mentoring somebody, to me, you're 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 kind of trying to help them with a problem. It's very specific. Um, you may be giving them advice. When you receive coaching, it's more introspective. It, it's, it's about understanding the person you are, about who you are. And then it's, the coach is telling you, helping you guide to where, where do you want to be? Where do you want to be as a leader? So they're not telling you how to do it because that's, that's not what coaching is. Coaching is getting you to understand where you need to be. What does it take? to get to where you want to be.
2: Almost like an insider's approach. Mm -hmm. Like mentorship is me specifically guiding you on a specific internal problem and helping you with that or an issue that you're having. And I'm hearing you say coaching is really them focusing on you and what you need to achieve without telling you how to do it. So they're asking questions, they're guiding thought, but ultimately you're in charge of the direction.
1: Fair to say? I think that's a great summary. summarization. Thank you.
0: Yeah, my metaphor would be A a mentor is probably more, more of a guide in that you're on this journey. They've been on the journey longer than you have, probably. They've got experience that you likely don't have. I mean, they have to have some tactical advantage born from experience. Right. So if you think of it as a guide, we're going to go out. We're going to hike some trail. I've never been on this trail, but my guide has been on this trail a lot. Okay. Well, that to me is a good metaphor for a mentor coach on the other hand is. What trail do you even want to go on? Mm-hmm. And why do you want to go on a trail? Do you, are you sure you want to go on a trail? <laughs> I mean, You know, the thing that I, the thing that I have even on the website at growgreat.com that I describe my coaching really simply people have described consulting as do it for a man, catch the fish, give the man a fish consulting coaching, teach a man to fish. Well, I don't do either one of those things. Me personally, for me personally, it's, do you even like fish? And if you like (laughs) fish, what kind of fish do you like? For me, that's coaching, which is completely focused on, the client. It's completely focused on the on the subject. Where for me the, the mentor, you're on this path, you're on this journey. So let's take the two of you. Mm-hmm. You've you've got a leadership you've got a leadership issue going here. You've also got authority in play here. Cheryl is higher up the authority chain, but then there's mentorship. But you're both on the same path. Mm-hmm. Well, Lisa, you and I, we're not, on, we're not on the same path. Right. I've never done what you've done. I've never, I've never worked for a city. Well, except in the role that I do now, but I've never been an employee of, of a city. So for me to be a guide on that path, I'm not even qualified for that. I'm eminently qualified to help you figure out my path is this a path you even want to be on? Right. You know, kind of a thing. So I agree with Cheryl to, to, to her point of, of, of it being self-discovery introspective Mm -hmm. kind of a thing.
2: And I can, I can give an example and we laugh about it, but I know I was preparing for a, a, and we've been talking about a meeting I'm preparing for and how to present that. And I laugh for those watching, it's more evident, but Cheryl would get her, her hand out like a, (laughs) like a saw. And she, when she starts waving that hand at me, she's like, this is what you don't want to do. What I don't want you to do is do this. But here's what I do want you to do. This is what will make you successful. This is how they communicate. This is how we're going to go forward. And here's why. But she'll tell me. And we have that relationship, right, Cheryl, where we can laugh like this and mm-hmm. you can be direct. And I'm not offended. I mean, I you just tell me what and, but you tell me the why behind it. And I'm like, okay, got yes, understood. Right. So and I know like what to why. expect to make me right. successful mm-hmm. for you. So you look good. I look good. Your interest is in me.
1: Absolutely. Right? That's exactly, um, that's that. I got to give you the tools and resources you need to be successful that, and it's, it is about you. But, that's you right.
0: both, but you both know that you both at heart, you've, you've got each other's back. You want, you want what's best for each other. And, Lisa and I just, we harp on this and harp on this and harp on this, and we'll keep harping on it. You know, you've, you've, you've absolutely, you've got to be leadership is a focus on others. It's doing for others what they can't do for themselves. And the way that we're defining it and the way that we're talking about it, if you can't do that, if your ego, your pride, whatever is in the way, and you can't do that, then you aren't going to achieve the greatness that we know is possible. Hence the name grow great. You know, it's not just a hokey title. It's a real, it's a real world pursuit. Mm -hmm. And to your point, if, if, if we've got willingness, you know, to try to, to learn it, which really is the subject of this whole conversation, it seems to me. Mm -hmm. If, if we can, if we can get our heads wrapped around the fact that we're willing, we're willing to learn, we want to learn. But again, the trust, you guys have got the trust. And without that, it all it, it all it all breaks down
2: it absolutely has to be safe uh you know i i mentioned in this that when we were talking today that when i first when randy cheryl is the one who presented coaching to me an executive coach and we laughed about it at lunch today i said i totally thought i was in trouble that i had done something wrong cheryl was my new boss we had complete turnover at the top right cheryl yes um mm-hmm. so we have all new leadership happening at the top within about Nine months um, of every position, and we're going through COVID. We are all virtual. There's all this dynamic working, and she says, "Hey, I'm getting you a coach," and I'm like, "Oh God, what, what have I done?" And I remember Cheryl telling me, "This is, this is nothing that you've done wrong. This is genuinely, you are in a tough place, and I want to help you. And coaching I have experienced was the best thing." that I had my career. And so I've got a new boss telling me this. And so I'm listening. I'm pretty trusting. Fair to say both of you. Mm -hmm. And so I said, okay, I'm hearing it from her still skeptical, but I have to trust at this point. And so Randy comes in the picture, sits down and he goes, okay, this is how this is going to roll. I mean, that's the first words out of your mouth, Randy. Correct. Mm -hmm. You're like, I'm going to, I do not, They do not issue a PO for a marginal performer, right? To go out kick out the door. Nobody
0: has. If you're willing to, I'm 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 not game. I'm not no, I'm not willing to take it. I only like to work with high achievers.
2: But you know, but that was the point. You said the same thing now. I assume it wasn't prepped. I assume this wasn't scripted because it appeared and felt very genuine that Cheryl said you're having challenges right now it's hard for you to see past it because they just keep compounding and compounding and compounding at no fault of your own. She wants to help you. And I believe I can help lend insight. And you never told me what to do. As a coach, you asked questions. We've talked about curiosity. You asked a lot of questions and then we role-played some, which you know I don't like to do, but you're very good at it. So I have to give in. (laughs) But that role-playing, you know, it was so helpful in the coaching environment, but it did take willingness and it takes insight. And that's where I see the difference from, for me, having worked with Cheryl as a mentor to me and her guiding my thought and guiding, um, in this situation, I can come to her as my leader, not boss. Sometimes I don't like to use the role boss because that sounds like authority and she's really influential, right? She influences my thought, but, um, you have been able to guide my thought and say, this is what I think will make you successful. What are you thinking about doing? And then you'll help me navigate that specifically, like you said. Randy says, what is your thought? Why is that thought? Why do you want to go there? And then you help me decide that for myself in a different way. So I've, I've seen a clear difference once you explained it today between those two things personally. And they both are Both are invaluable to me when you have trust.
0: Well, and I'm not saying, and Cheryl speak to this, I mean that the line can get really blurry and which is fine because I mean, sometimes, well, you you can address the fact that you guys are kind of formalizing this in the city of Grand Prairie and, and we both know that those, those one-on-one relationships that you guys are kind of pairing people together based on some strategic thinking on y'all's part and. Some of it's going to be tactical, and some of it's not. So, I, I don't want to mispaint the picture that it's the lines are all clearly delineated. No. For me, as a leadership executive coach, it's more clearly delineated. I'm not Cheryl. I'm not in Cheryl's role in your life. The last thing a person like me wants to do is contradict her or whatever city the city's leadership, you know, has ordained. The city of Grand Prairie happens to have an incredibly high-performing culture steeped in years of tradition, due in large part to Tom Hart and his legacy and fanatical on customer service just so happens super congruent with a guy like me. Uh, I realize that we've got people that are listening. You're not as fortunate perhaps, perhaps, you know, but keep listening to us cuz we're going to talk in future episodes it can start with you it can absolutely start that's with right. you that's right it, it has start to start, with start with a, somewhere sing, yeah a single person can make a dramatic a dramatic difference but Cheryl speak 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 to the those blurred lines i mean am i do you no, see you're, you're do you you're exactly correct that
1: no th- you're exactly correct there are times that probably with um you know and i always tell people i i You know, I, I try to be, I only have to be a boss about 5% of the time. Other than that, my goal is to be your cheerleader and everything else. Um, and and your biggest supporter and your tool or resource provider. Right. And so sometimes when I'm working with, with, you know, or talking with, with people, sometimes there is a blur. Sometimes it's a little bit of both of mentoring and also coaching them because they, they, they can look the same sometimes. And sometimes they have to be, Um, and uh, I think the reason why I'm able to to probably determine when I'm doing coaching sometimes and when I, when it's more mentorship is because I've had that coaching experience. Mm-hmm. I think some people have not had that coaching experience, and when you don't have that experience, I can I think I can see how that it, that may blur. But you have to do. It. And I think what we probably don't realize is that as leaders, we're always coaching. Mm-hmm. We're always coaching, giving advice. The great ones are. Right. It's just something that, it's something that, that you do all the time. So that's where Mm -hmm. I think they, they definitely, it it blurs, it does, but there's, you know, I'm really proud of what Lisa's doing with our, um, you know, we, 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 one of the biggest challenges in my mind that we had is, is we have a lot of people that are what I call emerging leaders and we, we, they're going from that technical world to more that leadership. How do I get, you know, instead of doing the work, I'm asking people to do the work. And so we're really kind of trying to focus and this is really, you know, our, you know, Steve Dye, our city manager, he is so that he is heavy into into mentorship. So we're taking that and we're moving forward with it. And then I'm I'm passionate about it too. It's great that we all have this alignment and it's it's about how do we develop these people to be the great leaders that they're meant to be? And so Lisa, that's one of the things that we're we're embarking on right now.
0: What's one of the biggest hurdles to that? So If, if I were to say, okay, the problem that you're solving with this mentorship program, the problem, other than what you just stated, that taking people from being the, you know, the, the technical expert in the room to being a person who can oversee everybody else doing that work, what's, what are the big hurdles for the, for people to make that transition that you think mentorship can help them overcome? Well,
1: you know, um, I think one of the, you know, I always tell this to Lisa. You know, the one of the biggest problems when when things reach reach my office sometimes it is about people don't know to have what I call crucial conversations with people, and then it's also um, accountability. How how do you how do you sometimes tell people they need to improve or they need to do something else differently or, or work differently, and then how do I hold them accountable? And that, that's to me that's 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 such a hard transition. And then Lisa, I know, has one more thing. And what was there was one more. I was trying to remember about. that one more thing. Oh, sorry. I, knew, I was like, was what was that
2: though. one more thing?
0: <laughs> well, it's the compression it's the compression on the on the calendar and that
2: Oh you know, time. It's, it's time. just easier
0: for right. me to grab it and do it myself. Right. You know, yes. Instead of exactly. showing you how to do it or instead of making sure you've got everything you need to do it, here, I'll just do it myself. And you both lose. The problem right. is, from my perspective, is the problem is the, the leader doesn't see that they're losing they don't see the negative impact they're having on the other person when they basically take the work away from them and just to just do it. You know, they're not thinking about, okay, whatever head trash that puts in that person's mind. Okay. Well, they don't trust me to do it. They don't think I'm I'm competent enough to do it. So everything about it, it's just a lose, lose, lose all the way around, but I get it. I get it. You know, time is a big deal and the work's got to get done and it's got to get prioritized. But the conversation part, I mean, that deserves probably more focus than any of us give it. That'll you be know. a
2: whole nother podcast. Yeah, well, can we, just, can, we just,
0: can we just communicate it? I mean, for me, it would sound pretty simple. It would be, listen, I, I, I'm going to show you how to do this. I've got all the confidence in the world that you can do this. But right now, the boss has given us an hour to get this done. Okay, so it's just right now is not the time. Well, that's a very different message than, here, just give it to me and I'll do it. Right. Yeah. Right. But in the moment, again, we get fixated on us and perhaps the work and the task and the boss. And meanwhile, here's this person in front of us. We're not thinking about them. And, and I told I you both over lunch. To me, it's, it's optimism versus pessimism, really. I mean, it boils down. I'm, I'm a simpleton. So it boils down to, you know, I'm just I'm looking at all the bad things that could happen if I take the time to do it. OK, well, then just communicate that. Just be open and honest with them. Just tell them I'm under the gun. The boss needs this in an hour. I'd love to show it to you. I'm going to show it to you. I promise, but not right now. I can't. Yeah. I don't have time right now.
2: Yeah. And I would say that's that's lesser of what we face, right, Cheryl? I mean, what we really face is it's we are, we've talked about pace. Many cities may have the same issue with just this uh, frantic continual pace. Um, which I love. I mean, that's what so many of us here thrive on is just having more to do than you ever have time to do that keeps you busy and keeps your mind fresh. Right. Um, But what that lends to is when you're trying to mentor and teach, it takes time to do so and planning to do it. Well, you, if you, maybe you're great at, you know, you know, what do they call it? Just shooting at the hip or just, shooting okay, we'll just hip. train, yeah, shooting from the hip and we'll just train you just super quick, let, let's log on. But typically it's better if you have a plan, so you make sure you're hitting on all of the key things and don't forget something critical. Um, and that's the hardest part in, in honestly, in, I think that we have Cheryl and mentorship is teaching them how to delegate well, when to delegate and when to have the crucial conversation. Because for some reason, the common theme that we face in an HR environment, um, and I can speak to that, you're speaking to it, Cheryl, from a city manager standpoint, is having the hard conversation, they'd rather avoid it and hope it just goes away and gets better. If I just don't talk about it, maybe it will just get better. And this was just a blip. And then there's another blip. Okay, well, okay, that's our second one. But it's been a month. So maybe, you know, maybe the next time, and then it's another one. And they're like, God, I don't know why they're not learning their lesson, and we've—they've seen this happen three times now, you know. But but the person on the receiving end of that doesn't recognize that there's an issue, or they would have corrected it, right?
1: Right, and I think sometimes what we do as well is instead of addressing that one individual that is actually performing or not performing the task, um, well then what we do is we, we tell it to everybody. Yeah. We tell the team. Right. We tell it to the team. (laughs) And And I'm like, no, but there is an art to having those crucial conversations and, and making sure that people understand. And I think that's one of the things that, you know, we're really trying to teach with the mentorship program is let's teach you some of those, those skills on how to have those conversations and how to share, you know, because, Um, there are some ways to say things to people. I can say something to you, Lisa, and I can be straightforward because that's how you are. There are other people that I cannot be straightforward with. I have to really set it up to say, okay, I'm going to have to talk to you about something that's very sensitive and you might get a little upset. And I have to, I have to set up that conversation so I can have that conversation with them. Um, and maybe even pre-warn them before I even have the meeting with them, depending on their personality type. So, you know, Teaching those skills, that's not something that you can teach sometimes to somebody. But that's where having that mentor and mentee, having that relationship, that's when somebody can come to you and say, gosh, I've got this. I don't know how to deal with this person. Can you help me deal with it? And having somebody, you know, when you are the mentee, you've got to have some, your mentor has got to be somebody you can trust. And we keep talking about trust. Let's continue to talk about that to where, especially when you're in the same city, And, you know, supervisors know other supervisors, they know other people. And we have, you know, um, some people are related to other people. So you have to be always be careful, but you have to have somebody you can inherently trust. They won't talk about what you're dealing with. Um, Because sometimes you do, sometimes you don't even need to know the names. They're going to know who it is just by the size of the department or something like that. But having that trust and, and is just imperative. So I agree with you, Randy, on that one.
0: So if I want, I want a mentor but I don't know how, how to go about it. What's your best advice, Cheryl?
1: Well, I think what you do is you look inside and it doesn't have to necessarily be in your organization. There are some times you can meet people that are outside your organization. You know, what people are very honored. Just ask, just go to somebody and say, hey, I have, do you mind if I have lunch with you? I want to run a couple of things by you. I mean, it's very simple. It really is. And you would be surprised at how honored people are. People have done that to me and say, I just want to run something by you. Oh, I'm, I'm so honored that somebody would, would come to me for, you know, for some, for some of my ideas. Yeah. So I, I think it's very simple and I've never known anybody to say no. I don't think either. No, nobody's ever said no.
0: Yeah. just And on the, fl- on,
1: on
2: the flip side of that, I would tell our listeners, be careful who you choose be careful you know um i've had situations where people have mentors for the wrong reasons and and the way i say this is they they want to get a mentor because they're in a position of authority and think they can help them advance for cause does that make sense that's not the right reason to get a mentor because your focus is self-centered it's really not for you to grow. You're using it as a position
1: to hopefully get an edge, right? It's not, a ste- it's not for a stepping stone. That's right. A mentor is to help you grow. It's right. To help you grow, be the leader you're meant to be. That's it goes not-
2: back to willingness. And, mm-hmm. and you, you have to get somebody that you, I would, I would say, highly respect, that is respected by others. And that's known. I mean, you can feel it, right? You see others going to them. Uh, or relying upon them, that would be somebody great. And maybe they have either been in a similar path of yours or they're somewhere you want to go and they've given great insight and you can seek guidance from them. I mean, that's my, my thinking, anything else to add to that, that you guys have experienced if they're looking for mentorship, because it's all about really being willing to stretch yourself, mm-hmm. not just for, I hope to gain from it. I hope to gain Physically from it. Does that make sense?
1: Right. And yeah. I think one of the other things I would add is, especially more for the city management side, you don't have to pick somebody who is necessarily like. If you're in the finance area, you don't have to pick somebody in finance. That's if you're right. in parks, you don't have to pick somebody in parks. You can pick somebody. But what's amazing about this, the, the the city government world, is that everything is is pretty similar, but it's we all do different things, right? right? right. We all do different things, but but leadership is leadership. And, and to me, the elements of leadership are all the same. So sometimes finding a person who is not in your area, sometimes it is, sometimes not, can also be helpful because they can also give you a different perspective. And, uh, if you and leave a
0: me- yeah, if you leave a meeting and, and, and the mentor is focused on themselves, you've picked the wrong person.
2: <laughs> that is right. <laughs> if you're, yeah, that if, is absolutely if right. You're
0: not, if you're not doing most of the talking and you, and you're, the, and you're the mentee, then you've got the wrong mentor. So let's talk
2: about it for just a minute as, as we kind of start uh, on the kind of wrap up mode. We've talked about it, Cheryl, on perspective, mentee mentor. We've talked about coaching and we've talked about our experiences on what that looks like if you're looking for one, but what you're, you're a leader at the top. You're at the top of the organization with Steve and you and Steve had a vision for our city. So if other listeners, we have city managers listening in, we have top level, we have city attorneys and some others. How do, what would be important in their organization to think about in developing a
1: mentorship program?
2: And I know ours is in, in infancy, right? but let's mm-hmm. talk about what, what to think about.
1: Well, I think, you know, when, when, um, you know, this is very important to Steve and then, you know, we've got Bill Hills, who's uh, the other deputy city manager and got Megan Mahan, which is the assistant city manager. And this is something we've all embraced. Right. And what, you know, what I think what we're looking for, you know, in developing a mentorship program is really trying to figure out how do we develop those future leaders? How are we going to foster, um, uh, uh, the, the next level of leadership. Because when when we all retire, <laughs> our goal is that we are bringing people along and up throughout the organization. So what we want to really do is, and we want people to stay within our organization right. because we want to develop, you know, my goals, um, and this is really more Steve's goal too, is to develop a culture to where, you know, you can go somewhere else, but you don't want to go somewhere else because you love being here. And how, how do you do that? but investing in your most valuable resource and that is your people right and so when you're developing a mentorship program i think the most important thing is is, is you are you are develop you are investing in your people and how can you continue to invest in them because sometimes the opportunities don't come for people to move up but if you can also create opportunities for people to continually be challenged i think that's helpful so when you get those leaders who have risen up, they become the mentors and they can continue to mentor other people. And and so to me, that's an important component of when you're looking at city management is, is how can I take my most valuable resource and continue to invest in them?
2: And I love that. And, and, um, what we've done here that I love that you guys started at the top, as we explored this topic was one, we started with our newest directors as we had new directors or people we knew wanted to move and haven't successfully been able to for whatever the reason. I know Cheryl, you assigned mentors or offered them. I shouldn't say they were necessarily handpicked, but we tried to connect people wanting to develop with mentors that could help them. And you did that at the executive level first, which we loved. Um, And we've even let them pick. We said, you know, you're a new director. Who would you like to mentor you? Mm -hmm. And you didn't give us guidelines specifically. Mm-hmm. Which I loved. You trust us as leaders. Now, if we need them, you are our mentor. I could come to you and say because I've gotten the privilege of being able to mentor a newer director. I've been in leadership a long time, but I love the fact that you just said, "Can you can you just help them? They trust mm-hmm. you to answer their questions, to guide their thought, and we've done that for several yeah. up and coming leaders and continue to do that. Newly promoted, they've been with us a long time. Right. Uh, the ones I can think of a long time, um, but We connected them. Secondly, I think what we've done that we're testing and it's new for us is like you mentioned, the mentorship program at the mid level leader. And this Mm -hmm. is group mentoring, which we don't know if it's been done anywhere, but we are incorporating classes monthly. We teach them on a topic. uh, And then the mentors are in the class to learn what we're teaching. And then they work with their mentees in that class to now how are you going to apply what you've learned? over then until the next session, which is the next month. And they hold them accountable, meet with them outside of class as well to say, now, did you follow through on what you said you were gonna do? And they help answer their questions along the way. So this is new for us, but mm-hmm. we're trying it at different levels, right? And I'm sure we'll tweak it, but it's I love the fact that you all are invested in us and our teams to ultimately lead to their success. Our best interest is in them, right? Oh, we have them uh-huh. at our heart.
1: Absolutely. And, and, you know, one of the things I got to say, it starts at the top. It's got to start at the top. And that's where, you know, Steve Dye has, has, has come and said, this is this is very, very mentorship is very, very important. And and then we've embraced that from the city manager's office. And then we're embracing that down and look at the results that we're having. I mean, yeah. I love and and I don't, you know, you know, I don't follow up with people when I assign the mentor or Steve assigns the mentor and, you know, you know Bill or Megan don't follow up because that's their relationship to have. I'm not going to ask what's going on, but it's it's great to see how that is working. And to see that, you know, sometimes I can tell a difference in people because they because I think it's great for them as 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 a mentee. It's great to have somebody you can go to to help you out with that. So it's it's so wonderful to see people grow and develop.
2: And you know, it it develops trust. And, you know, our number one goal, like you mentioned, Cheryl, is relationships. We want relationships in our community, with our community leaders, in our city, with one another. And when you develop those, in my relationship with you, with Steve, with my mentee, I know if I have an issue for my mentee that they brought and I don't have an answer, I know I can go to you. I know I can go to Randy and say, hey, I've encountered this and I'm not sure how to best answer it. And you guys, we can still, it's just like this big chain now of support. Mm-hmm. from the lowest level to the highest level. And we're developing this trust in our, our participants in the class. Um, you know, I love it because they're telling us, man, this is, this is great that the city... Is investing in us. We're already hearing it. And we're only, what, two sessions in, the third one upcoming? It's Mm -hmm. brand new. But we're hearing such great feedback. So we appreciate, I know, uh, you and our leadership team and Steve. I know Steve did it in the police department as well. This is a passion for him um, that we live that culture in our city. So I hope for our listeners, you can establish something uh, at your city. If you're not already, you can glean from it or you can share with us. Yeah. Right? Uh, anything yep. that you're doing that we can all learn from.
1: We always want to hear. Um, I do. I, I always love it when we when we hear some other ideas because we don't always have all the answers, right?
0: That's no, right. No, no
1: sense to reinvent the wheel. I'd love to see what somebody else's. Is, is no, that's
0: the great thing about the podcast is now that we now that we've now that we've got a few a few faithful listeners and it's growing and we appreciate it, <laughs> you clicking play. Thank
2: you for the three. No, I'm just yeah, kidding. <laughs> no,
0: we we appreciate we appreciate your time and attention, but yeah, please reach out. Go to the website growgreat.com you can uh, reach us on the contact page there. You can also, there's a new page called hosts that gives a little bit of a bio about me and Lisa and our email addresses as well. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to end with a quote that came from a CEO client many years ago. And he said, how come soft skills are so hard? And I said, I don't know, but it gives me an opportunity. That's (laughs) all I know. So I'll give you guys the last word.
2: Yeah. Any final parting thoughts, Cheryl?
1: No, just, I gosh, this is, You know, mentorship is just so important into our organization and to me as well. So thank you for having a podcast about this. I think it is so important. And I love how, um, you know, to me, it's just just a way to share your knowledge with other people, uh, whether you're the mentee or mentor, because either way you're sharing knowledge and you're investing in people, which I think is so important.
2: Thanks for being our host. Truly enjoyed the the conversation, and I'm sure we'll talk more about coaching in some future episodes. But as Randy said, please share, uh, share our podcast, share your thoughts. Uh, We've done two sessions now, Randy, uh, that came from our listeners as suggestions, and we'd love to hear more.
0: Thanks for watching and listening to Grow Great, a city government leadership podcast. For Lisa Norris, I'm Randy Cantrell. Be well, do good, grow great. The website is growgreat.com.